Hey Faith Church, I'm Claire Kingsley and it's go time. We are releasing five podcasts prior to our 2021 Global Outreach Conference. The purpose of our go time podcast series is to meet our missionaries and hear what they're up to. They will also share a few ways you could be partnering with them in prayer. I strongly encourage you to take the time to pray for each missionary as the episode ends. We're purposefully rolling out these episodes before the GoTime conference so you can catch up with them before you see them at an event or hear from them during their seminar. In today's episode, I interview Tom and Julie Miner. They live in Florida and have been a part of the Faith Missions family for 25 years and were members at Faith before being called into missions. In this episode, you'll hear how God used the lottery to convince them to raise support, and they'll share some encouraging stories of what God is doing around the world through the Jesus Film Project. The Miners Hybrid Seminar is on Monday, September 27th at 7 p.m. Here's my conversation with Tom and Julie Miner. Uh, Tom and Julie, welcome to our GoTime podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> well, you live in Florida. You're enjoying a rainy summer day. Uh, tell us more about you guys, who you are, and um, a little bit of information just about yourselves outside of the context of ministry. Well, we were um, actually, we when we met, Julie was already attending Faith Church. Um, and so during our dating years, we, and then we were at Faith Church, and then we got married at Faith Church, and were members for several years uh, while we were still living in Indianapolis. So we have that history um, going back quite a ways now, because that was, we moved to Orlando uh, 24 years ago. Um, so we have three children, three, they're all grown now, and five grandkids. When we left or Indianapolis, our kids were nine, seven, and five years old. So we've seen a lot of change over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of that's kind of where we were back then, and in our connection to what to, to Faith Church. Yeah. Okay. And the kids are definitely Floridians. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're definitely what? Floridians. <laughs> oh, really? They don't want to go north of Tallahassee. I don't think. But anyway. <laughs> Um, so what do you guys like to do in your free time? Well, uh, we all like, we like sports. We, we met playing volleyball. So we do a lot of sports. We watch sports ever since we came to Florida. I've been playing, um, tennis leagues a couple times a week. Um, but recently I got Tom into playing pickleball. So we do that some, we like to go kayaking because that's like being, that's a one way to get outside here. There's no hiking or anything, but we can get out on the water. And then, of course, we've got the kids and grandkids all within two hours. So we spend a lot of time either going there or having them here or whatever. So, mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. All right. So um, I know just a little bit about you guys <clears throat> from our first conversation as we prepared for the podcast. And one of the stories that you shared that I love so much that both helped me get to know you as individuals or as a couple and also get to know where you are at in your ministry was how you were called into missions. And I think everyone else would love to hear that story. So would you share that for us? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, As I said in the introduction, we, uh, we were members of Faith Church and serving there for several years. And we were excited about what God was doing around the world. We were supporting missionaries. We were going and attending and loving the conferences each year. Uh, and each year, you know, they would ask, is anyone feeling called to missions? And we'd say, no, that's not us. But 
we love being a part of it. Um, but at one point, God started working on our hearts about what about you? And we started saying, okay, what, what are you telling us here, Lord? And became open to it. But we've always been, but we felt like we were called to be behind the scenes people. So we were trying to figure out what does that mean? As well as at the time, we were looking for positions in organizations that were paid positions, that we would not be raising support. We didn't feel called to do that at the time. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was in the office one day uh, doing my job as an engineer. And for those who you remember this, this is quite a few years ago, it was called the Naval Avionics Center, eventually became the Naval Air Warfare Center. That's where I used to work. And talking to some of my colleagues, and they were having a discussion about whether they would quit their job if they won the lottery. And I said, and one of the guys said, oh, I love what I do, I wouldn't quit. And I said, oh, I would, yeah, I would quit my job and I'd go into missions work. And God just grabbed my heart. And it still gets me, it still gets me even when I say it now because I had to walk away from that conversation. I went and sat in my office and I just processed this with God and I said, um, God was saying to me, why don't you trust me to provide that money now if you say you'd be willing to do it if you won the lottery? Mm -hmm. And it just changed my heart with regard to being willing to raise support. Mm -hmm. And so now we're facing a new journey potentially, but we didn't know again where God was leading us. And I had an opportunity for one of my engineering trips, um, meeting with people in Orlando. And so that's when I had an opportunity to meet with Crew, crew leadership and specifically Jesus Stone Project. And I could just see after literally only like an hour and a half conversation, it's like, this is where God wanted me to be or wanted us mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so he comes home from Orlando and he's like, oh, ready to move. I'm like, what? 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 You know, because we were just kind of on the edge at that time. Now he's ready to go. So I had the opportunity to come down and talk to the people too. And it just, it just clicked that all the skills that Tom had and that he had learned as an engineer and other things would really benefit the Jesus Film Project. And that's the kind of person they were looking for at the time. So we were having dinner with our, um, who would be your supervisor when we left. And we just went out, we sat in the car, we prayed about it for a while. And at that point, God just said, this is where you need to go, all of you. You know, pick up those kids and move. So we did. Wow. And what were the ages of your kids? Well, when we moved, they were um, five, seven, and nine. So. So yeah, yeah. So about a year before that, yeah, they would would have been what eight, six, and four when we made the decision. Sure. So yeah. and it was and you know, like shortly after that, as we felt okay, God's calling us to Jesus Film Project. I was reading one of the books written by Paul Eshelman, who's the original leader of the Jesus Film, our first director. And in his book, he says. Um, says, I think we need a, I, excuse me, I think we have a limited view of what a missionary really is. One of the greatest needs in the evangelization of the world in the coming decades will be for men and women to whom God has given special technical skills, such as engineering, programming, or administration. Our partners around the world need these invaluable skilled people working in support positions to back them up. And that was just a firm yeah. <laughs> confirmation 
this is what God wanted us to do and that there was value in being behind the scenes. And so, yes. And he had given us certain skills that we could use in the ministry for him. Yes. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. And I wonder if that same passage that you read that prompted you and confirmed that calling might actually prompt someone listening to this podcast who is in one of those roles and has been maybe considering it. And so I just, I pray that God is using this podcast in that way to call other people out to missions in the same way he called you guys. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. We, we share those prayers. Well, why don't you guys then tell us a little bit more about your ministry. You work with Jesus Film. Tell us what are your roles in that ministry organization and what does a day in the life of Tom and Julie look like? Well, yes, we're with Jesus Film Project, which is a part of, it's a ministry under crew. Um, and we have, like I said, we've been with them since we moved to Florida. So that's um, 24 years ago. And had different roles, but right now, well, actually, I'll let you talk about what your day looks like, and then I'll show you. Okay, I'm, I'm going back to a day before COVID, because right now we both just sit at home, look at a computer. <laughs> and but hopefully, yes. do you hope to be, you know, back to what you were pre-COVID in the near future? We do. They're, they're reconfiguring our office is really what's holding us up there, not so much. Okay. COVID. But anyway, okay. so I work in the HR department. I'm in charge of our interns, which on a, in a general year, we have between five and 17 um, interns. So I do everything with them. And I also work with um, helping staff um, come onto the Jesus film or move to different departments or that kind of thing. So my normal day is doing a lot of procedures, but also I get to interview people and do evaluations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, my current title is Chief Operating Officer. So I serve on our executive team for the Jesus Film, uh, as well as oversee, you know, give leadership to our, our studio, which produces all the films, our finance team, our leadership development HR team, which Julie serves on, our IT team, as well as over general operations for the ministry. So there's not like one typical day for me. Um, but basically it's meeting with and, and communicating with the different leaders in our organization and what our direction is, how do we uh, execute what God's called us to do. Mm -hmm. Yep, great, thank you. Um, so tell us what is, uh, what does the Jesus Film Project look like now with COVID? You're having experience and gone through this last year of a pandemic you've been forced to possibly make changes and it's probably brought out, brought about um, some challenges, but also maybe some fruitfulness. So what has it looked like in the last year? Well, as Julie said, one of the, obviously, which is true of a lot of the country is people working from home. And so thankfully due to technology, we can pretty much do most of our jobs working from home. The, you know, so as she said, we sit in front of a computer, we do Zoom calls, we do email, we do that kind of work, not just with, um, in her case, would be with crew staff, but even in my case, I do work some, with some of our partner organizations as well. So the, the change, the main change with, for me anyway, was doing my regular work and then adding on what does it, what's different now that COVID happened. 
So there's a number of things we would always do in person and we had to figure out how to do it differently because of COVID. Now, one of the bigger challenges with that is one of the teams, as I said, that reports under me is our studio, which is the group that actually sends people out to record the languages in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And with all the travel internationally being shut down, they couldn't do their job. And so the people who coordinated those trips, as well as the people who went on those trips, and the people who post-produced what was recorded, um, were kind of put on hold for quite a while. Uh, and so that's been a big challenge during the last 18 months. We're just now in the last couple months getting people out and recording again because even if the U.S. is allowing travel, you have to have a country allowing us to come in, and a lot of countries aren't allowing that to happen yet. Sure, so sure. it's it's been sparse as far as places we've been able to go. Mm-hmm. But one of the good things that's happened mm-hmm. from it is prior to COVID, we had really set up a, a focus on we wanted to get more into the digital world. We wanted to get more of a focus on what's happening and, and being effective in that world because in a sense, that's where, especially the younger generation, that's where they live. They live on their screens, whether it's their phone or their tablet or their computer. That's where they, I mean, it's un, unbelievable when I see the stats about how many hours a day that a younger person sits in front of a screen. Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to have more influence there. And COVID has basically, in a sense, forced us to go in that direction even more than we thought. And the positive side of that is it even has um, our ministries that we work with around the world, uh, the crew ministries and partners, are facing the same thing. So they had to adjust what they were doing um, in, order to, in order to work more effectively with COVID. So one of the things I was really encouraged about was um, our Africa team had a whole strategy laid out called Hope 2020 to reach the southern and eastern parts of Africa. And they had to completely change that because of COVID. And so as they prayed about it and talked about it and came up with some creative ideas, they went to totally online and a broadcast strategy. They ended up using 61 TV stations 27 in 27 languages and three radio stations. They used social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, WhatsApp, oh, and probably several other I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they trained a large number of our staff to reach out in that way with amazing results. In fact, in 2020, just from just for that part of the world, from April 6th to June 28th, so basically three months, they were able to expose 166 million people to the gospel. They saw 4.4 million decisions for Christ, had nearly a million people in follow-up. They trained 40,000 people to, to do this kind of digital evangelism uh, and saw over 720 new churches and groups established just in those three months' time. So wow. obviously God was not stopped during COVID. <laughs> yes, and that would not have happened if we didn't have the no. pandemic. Right, right. So now if we get, you know, when we get to the point where people can do in-person ministry, they'll have, be able to do that plus everything they've learned from kind of being pushed in that direction. So God had his plans. Yes. Awesome. And that story, hearing that just prompts me and hopefully our listeners to just praise God along with you guys. I'm sure you are rejoicing over that. What else has God been doing through Jesus Film Project that would also prompt us to 
praise the Lord. Well, there's, I could share several things. Um, I'll share a couple of stats and then um, maybe a couple more stories that I think you'd be more encouraging, really encouraging. Uh, we have reached the point, uh, if you're familiar with the Jesus film, it's based on the Gospel of Luke. And one of the main things we do is we have it translated into other languages around the world. Now, we have more products than just the Jesus film now. Um, we have a film focused for women called Magdalena. We have a children's version. And we've done some animated short films based on the Jesus film, as well as uh, two follow-up films. One to follow up our women's version called Rivka and one to uh, do some follow-up. Well, actually, a third one, one to follow-up in Africa and another for follow-up in India. Uh, we have now the Jesus film, our original product, in over 1,900 languages. Um, and, and just in 2020, our stats showed that we had over 740 million views around the world of one of our products and over 30 million indicated decisions. So, and actually that was a, probably an increase of about 200 million because we had so much focus on online and broadcast during that time frame. People are sitting at home and so a lot of radio stations are, and TV stations have said we need content. And so we provided them content and we had a great big increase in our TV broadcast. Wow. But when I talk about, you know, that numbers don't always touch hearts as much mm -hmm. as stories do. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd share a couple stories if that's all right. We would love to hear them. Okay. So one is, this is actually what's happening even before uh, COVID started. One of our partners is working in a country in Africa where the southern part of the country is mainly Christian and the northern part is from a different majority religion. And they shared about their work there and they would go to the churches and they would do our, a, a film showing in the church um, to whoever in that village wanted to come. And shortly afterwards, a very militant group in the area, which probably people would have heard of, um, would come in and burn down the church because they heard of what was happening. So they had to change their strategies. Um, but God's provided a way for do that because now we have, we can equip our partners with tablets, like you would, your regular tablet that you would have for um, carry around and, you know, doing your work or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they would go from house to house and show the Jesus film. And I saw great success with that. And in some cases, a 10 inch tablet could be viewed by 20 people at a time. I think I saw one picture where there was like 25 people in the picture yeah. watching this one 10 inch tablet. Mm -hmm. So the teams working that area, I've seen people respond. They continue to disciple the people in those homes despite that great risk that they're under. And so, you know, we just praise God and thank him that for these committed believers are willing to partner with us in this way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and then another story, <laughs> I'll refer to this one. This is a little bit longer, but I refer to this as working in the, we call it the land of sand. Okay. Um, working with a partner who's connected with many believers or with believers in many of these countries that follow another majority religion, which I've said before. Um, so during their holy month, they seek to hear from God. So our workers will act, will do what we call surges to help them people hear from the true God. Mm -hmm. So we equip those partners with backpacks that include the tablet, a solar recharger, a small projector, and a screen. Um, and in some cases, we give them what an undetectable Wi-Fi hotspot. Mm -hmm. 
So when the people connect to this hotspot, they're asked if they want to learn more about Jesus. And if they say yes, they can download a short film or maybe other segments of our films to begin them on their journey. Well, and this can often cause a stir in an area because it's Christian content and it's you know not what they're used to receiving. So when the worker sees that it's causing too much commotion, he or she basically simply just turns off the Wi-Fi box and so it can't be traced and walks away. So these teams will travel travel from village to village to share about Jesus. Um, we equip them because the people from that country, because we can't get entry into many of these countries because of government restrictions. Uh, and that some of them come from, from pretty radical groups that God has just changed their hearts and who they are. Um, in fact, one of them commented, Jesus gave his life for us, so we're willing to sacrifice our lives for him and let others know about him as well. And we've often heard stories of people who watch the Jesus woman say, now that's the man who appeared to me in my dream. So in one of these surges, we send out over 900 teams. During a, and one of the areas that uh, we went to during a peak of COVID was a big tribe, about 8,000 people. And from the very beginning, our teams listened to their history and their stories, waiting for an opportunity for our folks to share the good news. And finally, their leader said, Okay, now it's your turn. Please tell us some of your spiritual stories if you have any. So the next night, our team said, yes, we have stories. And we even have them in a film. So the first night, 1,200 people came to a showing, men, women, children. And at the end, they began to ask if Jesus relate, was related to their God and a lot of other kind of odd questions. And so instead of sharing the gospel, our team just answered their questions. And that went on for five nights. On the fifth night, the leader stood up, walked up to the front and said, indeed, Jesus is God. He will save us from this virus. He will save us from every attack of the devil. My people have seen Jesus healing and resurrecting people. His, he is a God, his God, and he's more powerful than our God. So even though I'm the son of a religious leader, today I'm accepting Jesus with my family. And tears came down his face. And soon the power of the Holy Spirit just changed the whole, the hearts of the whole crowd. Oh, so, that's, so those are, those are not uncommon stories for us to hear about what God's doing around the world. Wow. I just feel like almost just this awe and like the wind was knocked out of me, honestly, <laughs> of just like hearing this story. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing that. Wow, what a powerful testimony of what God is doing. And I know you're being purposefully vague about locations yes. and yes. different things. And so I just want our listeners to know that is on purpose, but people can use their imagination. I'm sure it wouldn't be difficult to imagine the kind of places and people that you're speaking about. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think most people are well aware of where um, Christianity is not accepted or even <laughs> persecuted around the world. So, yes, you can. You can imagine where it's happening. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for um, preparing those stories to be able to share for us and or share with us on this podcast. So when we were talking um, in our first uh, meeting, just preparing for this podcast, you'd mentioned how partnering with others is just like an integral part of the Jesus Film Project ministry. Why does Jesus Film choose to strategically partner rather than just doing it all on your own? And who are those ministries that you're partnering with? 
Well, the, the simple answer to that is we know we can't do it alone. Um, there's too much need around the world that, you know, we only have so many people and so many staff. Um, and the whole body of Christ is needed to reach those who need to hear. Um, specifically, a good example, two good examples would be is, you know, we work with over 1,500 partners. And that includes Wycliffe Bible Translators, Southern Baptists, Youth with a Mission, Transworld Radio. I could go on and on. And you name most of the major mission organizations that people have heard of that work internationally, globally, and we've worked with them. Um, we don't do Bible translation. So we, we rely on our Bible translation partners, not just Wycliffe. There's several Bible translation agencies that we work with um, to help translate our films. Um, as I said, we're not in every country. And so if there's another mission, mission agency that's been established in the country and has connections that they can do work there, instead of trying to put our people there, we work with them and we equip them with what they have. So, you know, and, and yeah, another thing is we don't do much church planning. Most of, we do some, and we're doing more of that now as a ministry, but a lot of these agencies are focused on church planning. And so we provide them evangelism resources and they do the church planning. And I'd say the last reason we do it is because God's, God's pleased. God is pleased when we, we work together, when we're unified as a body. And, you know, the, the hand and the foot and the ear and the nose, you know, the, the passage from the Bible is a great example. He's using all of us. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's shift our focus in the podcast. Um, now that we have a good picture of what your ministry looks like day in and day out, tell us practically what do you need to be able to do your ministry? So how are people able to partner with you? And that could be in um, prayer support or financial support or even just encouragement. You guys need letters or text messages or emails. Um, Give us an idea of what you need from Faith Church and people who are listening to this podcast to be able to do what you're doing day in and day out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, first of all, we just want to thank our partners. A lot of them have been with us the whole time we've been in, um, with the Jesus Film, and several you know have joined since then. But it, it has been a blessing. It's a blessing to have a home church to know that you have people that support you, like you said, not only financially but in prayer and any other kind of need that we have, excuse me, I'm probably going to cry, but um, this year we had some tragedy in our family. I'm so sorry to hear that. And we had people at faith that would support us in that Tom lost his mother and I lost my sister. And uh, we had people at faith that were behind us and just reaching out to us during that time. So, Sorry, but it's okay. Take a minute if you'd like to. <laughs> no, that's okay because it really, it really means a lot to have that family behind you. And um, so, yeah, um, <clears throat> we specifically are looking at this point to raise about eleven hundred and fifty dollars a month in <clears throat> financial support. In addition to what we in addition have. to what we already have. So, mm -hmm. and I think specifically, I mean, we love prayer supporters, but um, I don't know how to say this delicately, that a lot of our um, ministry partners are aging. They're older yeah. than we are, and we're getting older. So they're retiring or whatever, and they just can't provide us with the support that they have in the past. Um, so we're specifically looking for people in the next generation, those people that want to, yeah. you know, 
take the torch and move on. And so um, I think that's one of our greatest needs right now is to find people in a younger generation that want to be a part of our ministry and ministry with the Jesus Fund. And Julie, that $1,150 a month, in addition to what you have, what does that cover? And without that, how would that impact your ministry? What can you do with that additional fund or what are you lacking without it? Well, I, I don't think there's anything specific that we would do with it. It's just this is what we need to keep our salary and our other benefits going. Mm -hmm. So what happens if we don't get it, then we need to leave our jobs and then go spend a specific amount of time to raise that support. So it would just, if we don't get this before the end of the year, and just have people on a regular basis that it takes us away from our jobs. Yeah, so we can't minister effectively because we're focusing on on the support raising aspect. And we, yeah. Sure. Do you guys have a timeline or a deadline to be able to reach uh, that support or that I support think raised? Yeah, I think that if we could get like the monthly commitment by the end of the year, that would be great because then you know that going into the next year, you know, you're starting off on a good footing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, thank you for sharing that need with us. And we'll have an opportunity for people at the end when they're done listening to the podcast to have an easy way to opt in to join your support team. And their support might also be in prayer. So do you yeah, have please. any... Um, do you have any way to lead us in how to pray for you and some, um, some needs that you have in that area? So specifically related to ministry needs or financial and prayer needs? Sorry. Do you have specific <laughs> prayer needs, ways that we can be partnering with you in prayer? Yeah. The, I'd say the biggest needs we have right now, number one, as I mentioned earlier, is um, the impact of COVID around the world. It's, um, you know, it's, it's had an impact, a big impact on what we're able to do as far as recording languages, do ministry, et cetera. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even though God has opened doors in the digital world, um, there, the needs are so bad in India, for instance, right now that, uh, and a lot of people don't even know about that in the U S they don't know how bad COVID has been in India, yeah. uh, that we're providing humanitarian aid for them right now. Uh, because they're a lot of them that's all they that's their basic yeah. needs that's all we can meet right now um and it's uh they're not even able to look at you know how do we do evangelism or film showings or whatever because the basic needs are all it's all they can focus on at this point mm -hmm. so that would be one prayer request is just you know for god to continue to work but i can say it this way that covid would go away <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and I don't think anybody would disagree with that prayer request. No. Yeah. Um, secondly, would be for some breakthrough strategies in the hard to reach places of the world. Okay. Uh, we're seeing some ways that God's working and, and I've shared a couple of those uh, as far as the digital world, uh, mm -hmm. but we need a lot more places for God to break through. And, and I expect these will be things that he's gonna do. You know, they're gonna have to be some miracles, but God's a God of miracles, he can do it. Yes. Yeah. And so for instance, we have 12 countries around the world that are our top priorities. And these are the, these 12 countries represent over 75% of the unreached uh, of the world, the greatest need to know about Jesus. Mm -hmm. and so 
pretty wide variety of cultures and religions. Um, we're trying to reach them all in their heart language um, and doing all we can to reach everyone everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of our top priorities, especially those 12 countries. Um, you can imagine that the two largest countries of the world are two of the largest mm -hmm. population-wise are two of <clears> our <throat> biggest needs. Sure. And so we also need, tying into that, creativity to reach those areas in the digital world. Mm -hmm. How do we reach them in their context in a way that really gathers their attention? As everyone knows, if you go to the internet, there's, I don't, I don't even know the number, billions, trillions of ways that you can be entertained, your attention can be grabbed through that. Yeah. So how do you get someone's attention? Um, certainly God can prompt that, but how do you get someone's attention to share with them about the gospel? Uh, yeah. So that would be another prayer request. And then finally, which is a little more close to home, yeah. how do we work in a new hybrid culture we're involved in? So you have a whole country that basically is now, for about the last 18 months, some more so than others, but I know certainly within our ministry, that have gotten used to working mostly from home. Yeah. And so when we go back to a more of an office environment, what does that look like to have some people who aren't coming in regularly? How do we work in a culture where it's okay to work from home two days a week, three days a week, or maybe even working from another city? Mm -hmm. How do we effectively lead in that? How do we interact, communicate well, etc.? So as leaders in Jesus film, we really need some wisdom on how to do that well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you for sharing those four prayer points. And I will make sure I summarize them in maybe our uh, podcast notes. So someone who finishes listening to the podcast can look back at those and pray through those for you. So um, is there anything else that you would like somebody to know when they are um, wrapping up listening to your podcast? What would you like to say to someone who is considering being on your team or on your team? Or what do you want to leave us with? Yeah, I think that the one thing that we want them to know is that God has called the Jesus film to reach people in their own heart language. So we're, we're specific we're focused on that we think that that is where they're going to hear god speak to them and that our ministry reaches every country so we're seeking to find a language that those people in, in every country can hear so we want to reach everyone everywhere that's one of our taglines and the other one is we've had forever is no one should have to learn another language to hear about jesus but i think the heart of all that is because we focus on the whole world we get to see like you said we get to see what god is doing around the world we get to meet with the partners there that are on the ground and are seeing what god is doing in their country we get to hear about that all the time so if you come look at the jesus film you will get to hear this all the time so it's just yeah. amazing to see how god's working in the world so if people are supporting us financially they're a part of reaching exactly. everyone around the world exactly you know and but you know we also have needs for people if god leads to join so we were what they call mid-career missionaries. We joined uh, after working for several years, and but God called us then is using us. Mm -hmm. so. so if somebody also joins your team and receives updates, will they also be informed about what God is doing around the world through mm -hmm. Jesus Film? Yes, because you'll get our personal updates, but then also between crew and Jesus Film, they'll be sending updates and different things too. So yeah, it's good to hear a lot of that. 
That's awesome because it's not stuff that you're normally you're going to hear on the news or mm -hmm. see on social media necessarily, right? Where people are getting a lot of their information and we need to hear these stories and it does just prompt us to praise God. So thank you so much. And um, I appreciate your time today, you guys. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. So thank you. Thank you. It's been our pleasure. Thanks for listening to this special GoTime podcast. Our global outreach conference kicks off in service on September 19th. For a full schedule of the week-long conference, visit faithchurchindy.com slash GoTime. You'll also find other ways to get connected and support our missionaries. I'll leave you with our verse from this year's conference, John 4:36. The harvester isn't waiting. He's taking his pay, gathering in this grain that's ripe for eternal life. Now the sower is arm in arm with the harvester, triumphant.